just thought to take a little time out to thank the Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for season six. Thank you. Who would have thought a podcast could be a gift? Really? That pressing B could spiritually uplift and simultaneously give a Pharisee fits. <laughs> all in all, you the one controlling it. So, the Lord is my shepherd. I can't go skit. So, this new pot life is like a skit, though. A lot of people swinging. I didn't even throw a pitch, though. Uh, forehead is flint, what I'ma flinch for? Nothing. We all gonna repent for what we did, so I'ma keep it moving, ain't no stripper or no cussing Gonna ruin what we doing, we are dwelling in communion Assignment is different, dwellers get the sentiment Vulnerability's my superpower, how many feeling it? Thank you Lord for this influence Without you, influence just don't make sense Nah These types of responses have come back. I definitely would have hesitation uh, to go receive uh, therapy um, for mental health because of, uh, I guess, my upbringing. Uh, well, if you're struggling with those things, there must be sin in your life. Like I had to struggle. Okay, now I'm going to get emotional. Let's start this over. Sorry, but this kind of hits hard. Right out of high school, I joined, you know, I was in the military. There's just a big problem with mental health in the military. You know, you've got a lot of deployment stuff. You've got a lot of, uh, there's just a lot of stressors on people. We're all human and, you know, we're all imperfect. I love the genuineness that he has. Um, to know that there is somebody in his position who still deals with the same stuff and is willing to go and be bold about it. I'm glad that there is a course that can help you understand that you are still in your process. Thank you for doing the work. I appreciate you. There's more for you on the other side. We wanna see you have peace of mind from the inside out. So please join us at Tome. Go to tomeapp.com. Welcome to the basement, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Tim Ross. I am your host, Tim Ross. <laughs> There's a lot going on right there. I don't care, though. I don't Not care enough. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted more. It was a lot going on, but not enough. It's hilarious. Yo, hey, hey. Hi, everybody. Hi, I love you. How are you? It's so good to see y'all today. Thank you so much for tuning in from wherever you're tuning in from, whether you're in that good old United States of America <laughs> or if you're over in uh, the Bill? UK or if you're over in, uh, I don't know, Ireland, <laughs> Scotland, if you're down under in Australia, I don't know, uh, maybe you're listening from South Africa. <laughs> I don't really know where everybody tunes in from. What I do know is that uh, you are one of uh, the visible signs of vulnerability. Uh, you, you, you have decided that you want to live your life a certain way. And for some reason or another, I don't even know, but you feel like the basement 
is a place where you can come down here and just be yourself. And, you know, you got the safety of friends with you that are kind of like family. Okay, brothers and sisters in Christ, if nothing else. And there's vulnerability and there's some containment. <laughs> and you are seen and heard and valued, even if you disagree with us. See, sometimes there's disagreements that break out. A lot of people think that if there's a disagreement, that means you don't like the person. But that doesn't mean <laughs> nothing. Because some of y'all have disagreed with your mama, but you still love her. Some of y'all have disagreed with your father, but you still love her. Some of you have disagreed with your brother, but you still love him. Some of y'all have disagreed with your sister, but you still love him. Some of your grandparents did some things that you don't agree with in hindsight. And guess what? You still love them. Some of your grandparents own slaves, and you still love them. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody's grandparents own slaves. That's kind of recent. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> some, some, some laws didn't make it to that state if your, your grandparents own some slaves. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we, we, we just doing life together. So shout out to Press B. Shout out to my dwellers. Shout out to uh, my promoters. Those of you all who are generous enough to give on Cash App and on uh, PayPal, I re- thank you. Sheesh. That's all I can say is thank you. You guys are y'all are some extravagant givers. And you, you put us in a position to be generous to other people and um, all that kind of stuff. And I just want everybody to know, $500, $500 on site, that's still a thing. For sure. It's still a thing. Um, I'm trying to wear my merch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get that, get that Christmas bonus early, bro. So sorry, Sammy, but uh, you'd be the Walmart richest here. guy here. <laughs> if you, I see you twice a week, Sammy. <laughs> talking about making four grand a month. <laughs> Just wearing basement. Say less. <laughs> That's a good gig. That's a really good gig. Gross freelancer. Oh. <laughs> Do we still put that in our taxes? Do we write it off? I, listen, I don't know if I'm writing it off, but somebody's writing something. <laughs> Sam has to start writing all of our checks if he's going to get down like that. That's craziness. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, no, we we um, we do appreciate uh, everything that y'all do, and we love to get back to our community. So, yeah, $500 on site is still a thing. Um, I, only, I mostly see people at church. Yeah. But, like, if we see you on the street, maybe I should bump it. Mm-hmm. Oh, like if we see if people on the street, on, like if we see you on the street, because I mean, if you know I'm coming to preach there and you wear it, that's all good. Like, yeah, I've, I'm a man of my word. Break people off. Maybe if we just randomly see somebody like in the street, though, mm-hmm. little little Timmy on the street, little Timmy on the street. Where's Waldo action? Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. they should get seven fifty. Yes. And you all down for that? Absolutely. Oh. Five hundred okay. Five hundred dollars on site if it's at church. Yeah. Seven fifty if you just out in the out in the in the field. If we just see you out in the field while we out and about, it's seven fifty mm-hmm. on site. Easy. Ooh, that just upped it. That felt good. No, I'm gonna round it up to eight hundred. Whoop. Great. Seven fifty. Guys, it is going up by the second. So yeah, wait stop. a little bit longer. I'm, I'm we'll stop. hit nine hundred. No, no, no. I'm gonna stop talking about it right now. <laughs> but uh just just an update. We are working on New merch. Yeah. So Correct. technically the only people that are playing game right now are OG people who have merch and or eBay sellers and they're selling vintage basement merch. Well, well, let me just say, I do like 
Sammy, can you give me some more of my cans? Uh, yeah, yeah. Are you one or? I don't know what I am. Check you one, two, three, four, that's five, me. That's six, me. That's seven. me. That's me. That's uh, me. <laughs> you just murdered Sam's ears. <laughs> I was dying. One, two. That's me. That, that's good right there. That's good right there. Thank there you so you much. Um, no, I think it would be really, really good to. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we might need to focus in on like. Maybe we just need to do a pop up somewhere. Yeah, I did. That's what I think. We could do a we could do a cheat code to it. If we did a pop up, we just vibe out, make content with the homies, just hang out with everybody, and we have specific merch just for that pop up. Yeah, for sure. Well, no, no, no. I'm like just a Trader's saying, Village. What kind of vibe are we talking here? I'm, I'm thinking somewhere safe, like Whole Foods. I need there to be I, I need there to be white people around. Yeah, not just elotes <laughs> everywhere. I can't I can't I can't just pop up in the hood. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I'm not, let me pause like I'm not from the hood. I just don't want people that are not from the hood to pop up in the hood and then it wind up being not good. So I'm thinking like a like a central market. I'm thinking mm-hmm. like a Whole Foods. Gateway Char South Lake? I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Classroom two A. <laughs> Let me tell you something, he- Hector. <laughs> yo, dude, Hector has zero chill. Zero. <laughs> zero. <laughs> great by Mills Mall. That'd be great. North Park. Oh, that's where they did the Stranger Things pop up. N- North Park. Mm, great by Mills. <laughs> <laughs> Too far for you, Sammy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you, no, don't, hey. you don't want to go out. You don't have yeah, enough yeah, gas yo. money for 75? I just lost a deal <laughs> where I was wearing some merch for some money. And uh, so. Oh, my God. Hey, but for real, a, a cheat code could be North Park because there's the massive uh, little courtyard park in the center. So there's a place to hold everybody without us making a bunch of ruckus. That's true. Is, is there not that type of place? Could we like... Do that at like um, Grapevine Mills. Like, is there a place not to hold a ruckus, or are the is the security too sensitive? As soon as we gather, uh, uh, where two or three are gathered, there comes the police in I, our midst. God could do anything. God could do anything. We could do Grapevine, but it, the, it. I feel like we'd run into some problems. I know. Unless if we rented out a spot and did it legit, but if we're just doing a pop up, like show up where we are, we just show up where we are. Yeah. And the first person gets the first person we see gets eight hundred. Oh, okay. Yeah, if, if everybody's wearing it, like the first, I'm sorry, the first person I see, it's it's again, it's eight hundred dollars on site. On site. It just went up eight hundred dollars. I mean, it just went up three hundred dollars. Sixteen hundred dollars right now. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Eight hundred dollars on dang. I'm here for it, dude. I'm well. It, my so is my bank account. <laughs> so praise God. We 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 are going to. Hey, hear. my guy, you you kind of blew past something that I want to I want to touch on. You ever see the movie Split? Mm-mm. Uh, you know about Unbreakable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's like in the same universe. Okay. Um, there's a dude like he's the main protagonist. He's got like ah, 23 different personalities. And goes in and out of them like constantly. Bro, you just did that in the beginning <laughs> with the whole introduction. And I watched you turn into like four or five different people. I at do once. have characters in my I have a lot of characters. It's a gift. And those characters have accents and 
different ways of talking. I watched you shift through all of them. <laughs> I'm actually working on, I, don't, I can't say I'm working on it, but we're watching Fargo right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're in season three. Is it of good? Fargo. Oh, you're doing a little Midwestern hitter? <laughs> yeah, we're in season three of Fargo. And okay. it's just it's just amazing how they talk. Yeah, yeah. The way they talk in North Dakota <laughs> and oh in gosh. South Dakota is like a really, it's like a really cool thing. Yeah. They have the soda pop. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's kind of a Viking bop. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand it. But up here in the north, this is just the way that we talk. I, I know that that's a really, I've probably upset some people that I know we have a huge following in the Dakotas. So <laughs> I don't, I really don't want to bother you with yeah. this. But like, I just tinker with different voices yeah. and different accents. Do you have a Mexican one? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But he's a vato loco. Ay, puppy. <laughs> yeah, like he's he's. Um, hey, Holmes. Yeah, like 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 for real. Let's say. Hey, you know what I'm saying? West Covina hitter. No, oh, then that West Covina is did. I won't even say the gang I'm from. Let's say, Entiendes, Mendez. My number one cardinal. Let's say. In your battle rapping days, did like your characters? Do they show up there? When do they show up in your life? They usually showed up. So, so when I was when I when I was young, I have an older brother who's ten years younger than me. Yeah. I'm sorry, ten years older than me. Excuse me. And I have a brother who preceded me in death, Miles, who is seventeen months younger than me. Yeah. And what they what we would do is we'd be in the living room, and they always initiated this. I never initiated it, but they'd be in the living room, and whatever was on the TV, yeah. they'd literally mute the tv and then say go oh that's hilarious and i had to build a whole story like i had to like basically voiceover yeah Mm -hmm. like but in front of them and i would just start acting out like what is this guy saying and then what is this guy saying and you know you're doing that real time and then how old were you when you did this i was a teenager dude that's and so i did that a lot so improv became like a very Mm -hmm. fast thing and then then with juliet um, I did this a lot, but with Juliet, I do it more than anything where I just will like, if we're on a plane or something, I'll just yeah. take two people that are like, you know, maybe three or four seats in front of us. Uh, and I'll just build a whole backstory to what they're doing. And I'll just start talking about this, what this dude is saying to her. And this is what she's saying back to him. And she'd just be giggling. That's I just amazing. like, I, I just like making my wife laugh. Yeah. So, so all of that plays a part, Yeah. you, you know what I mean? And then when I'm preaching, because I'm a storyteller, mm-hmm. um, I just I want to bring the narrative to life for the person, and I like to get into what emotion um, uh, I feel like they might have had in this scenario or this or this situation, and so um, yeah, it, it, and so it comes out in those ways. Yeah. That's the manifestation of it's it. It's one of the things I've always loved when you're preaching. Yeah, like you have these characters in in the Bible, and like you you when you read the Bible, dude, you read the Bible. And yeah, I, and that's, bro, that's always been. Bro super loves the Bible. I actually love the Bible. Bro loves the Bible. I really do, bro. I love my word. So we'll do a pop up. We'll do a pop up. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're gonna pop up in DFW. If we pop up anywhere else, we'll probably say that too. But I'm trying to get like. We need to do like a proper pop-up where it's not in church. Absolutely. Because that's not even, I'm going to be at church. You know yeah. what I mean? 
Now, if you come to church, you're still getting $500 on site if I see you and you're wearing some of the merch. So I'm not taking that back. <laughs> um, and I'm going to $800 for like, because then people got to like put on something, meet you at the location. That's a lot for people to do. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And yeah. so, um, yeah, we just want to be a blessing to you. So we're going to do that in the DFW Metroplex. If we're traveling and we're out and about, we'll we'll do something off, like if we're, somewhere for like a speaking engagement that's usually preaching um because there are still some people that want to hear me preach um (laughs) i'm gonna let it go slowly (laughs) not today and we're calling y'all by name today so (laughs) roll call (laughs) um I, I, I want to, yeah, I want to make sure that, like, we'll say, like, hey, we're, maybe we're going to be at this mall or maybe we're going to be at this restaurant. And we blow the restaurant up and they make so much money. <sighs> and we tell our all our dwellers, tip as much as you can comfortably that won't hurt you mm. and let's bless this entire establishment. Oh, my gosh. Bro. That's basement, bro. That's basement level, bro. bro that that's Not only is that basement... Shout out to Brick House, man, because that's going. That's taking me back to my young adult days. That's literally is that what y'all me. would do. Oh, oh what? Rock, rocking someone? Yeah, oh, we, rocking someone. Random acts of kindness. Yes, sir. And bro, we used to have a thing called the after party. So after Friday, after the service on Friday, and I wouldn't announce this until the end of the service. Somebody would get up and announce where the after party is going to be. After parties at Don Pablo's, bro, about 150 people would show up to Don Pablo's. Wow. After parties at IHOP. 120 people show up to IHOP. After parties at Papa Do's, 200 people show up to the Papa Do's. Yeah. And we just take it over. And they're yeah. like, oh my God, where y'all coming from? Y'all y'all coming from the club? Y'all going to the club? They're like, <laughs> we just came from church. They're like, what? <laughs> it's Friday. It's it's nine o'clock. Bro, <laughs> it was a cheat code. We always average about 10 visitors a week. Easy. Just okay. from our after parties. Okay. Because they were so curious. Like, bro, y'all lit. How wow. did y'all... <laughs> we just came from church. Not, well, that sounds like a good formula for something we could do with our dwellers. Easy. Done deal. All right. Restaurants or malls? Easy. Yeah. Too easy. All right. $800 on site. Y'all heard it here first. Ah. It's going down. All right, man. What we getting into is the solo dolo. Y'all know how we do on Thursdays. It's the solo dolo. So let's get into it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> the solos have been so fun because uh, when when on Monday or Tuesday when you're, it's a guest episode, you're leading a whole interview yeah and you're doing well to understand backstory and piece it apart solos are fun because we get to answer questions yeah and we just get timmy in the coziest vibe because he just ate lunch oh i'm so chill so we're in a calorie surplus and god is good oh my god he really did I'm show so up chill. and i don't have no itis either what's an itis uh, itis is is uh a term used uh predominantly in the african-american community to say that you're tired Mm. yeah wow. if you got the itis that means that you know you ate too much food and now you got that slump mm. you know what i mean got it that lunch hangover and you're like kind of like oh my goodness I, so we say you have the itis got you yeah got you thank uh, you for asking for clarity <laughs> i love clarity so yeah, a lot sure. of people don't ask for context or clarity or oh, care wow. to have a relationship to connect with the other human they're making a video about isn't that sad it's ridiculous i don't even know who does that kind yeah of stuff. they didn't have any I've love from ex- their i've never experienced it no they never experienced love from parent or a big brother or they probably just need a hug uh, we should buy people bears so they can hug real them. life bears the Revenant, <laughs> you are out of pocket, Sam. Now I'm saying he wants him to get mauled. 
All right, you let me know who when said real life. <laughs> who said that? Who even asked that for clarity? We talking about real bears? <laughs> we gonna give him real bears? I have a friend named Douglas. <laughs> I'm dead serious. He has three baby grizzlies that <laughs> just ready to go, try, dude. He's trying to get. He's him trying to move them. <laughs> he's a senior pastor in Russia. He has a connection. <laughs> Yo, we feel good today. Okay, boys. <laughs> no, we're cozy. So uh, today we do have some questions, some topics, and then a lot over 200 dwellers sent in voice messages and uh, videos. I asked them to ask for a topic or share a personal struggle. So we'll get into that later. But mm. I did want to get into this one topic. Um, all of us in the room know who Jordan Peterson is. Yeah. And uh, the dude's a beast. The dude's a G. And uh, He's smart. He just made a, a video with uh, the Daily Wire on a topic called uh, God is not a gumball machine. And I just want to know your thoughts on this. Uh, so I'll quote the main point from the video. Mm -hmm. God is not a gumball machine that you can put a quarter into and get something out of it when you pray. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on uh, having an actual relationship with God in your prayer life. Because when we're young, we're just taught you pray and God will answer. That's kind of the basics of what a prayer is. I noticed a lot in this video with Jordan Peterson, the daily wire, the main thing they were trying to get across is, uh, prayer is to help you have a deeper relationship with God. And it's not just to ask, take and receive. So I wanted to know what does a healthy prayer life look like and the deeper meaning beyond it. So we go to the Bible <laughs> too easy, right? Let's just go to the Bible because Jesus taught us how to pray. Like, he was dead serious about the prayer, too. Um, so let me start from... Uh, I'll start from verse number five. This is Matthew chapter number six, starting at the... Uh, it's just water, bro. It's all good. Uh, so Matthew chapter number six, starting at the fifth verse. When you pray, this is all in red, Jesus talking. When you pray... Don't be like the hypocrites who love to play, pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father in private. Then your father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. <laughs> they think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. People have always laughed and giggled at the short prayers that I do. Mm. But I actually believe my dad heard me. Yeah. Well, I got, well, I got to be sitting here begging him, saying it all over again. Oh, Father God. Oh, Father God. Oh, Father God. Oh, Father God. Father God. Oh, Father God. Father God. Father God. Oh, Father God. Father God. Father God. You need to hear us today. Oh, hear our prayer as we pray. Oh, Father God. Father God. Oh, Father God. Father God. Oh, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Daddy, Daddy. Stop. I'm gonna order that tent right now, bro. Yeah, he heard it. He he heard he heard you the first time. Like, <laughs> stop playing. So don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are merely are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. Pray pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today. 
the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive as we have forgiven those who sinned against us and don't let us yield to temptation but rescue us from the evil one it's beautiful the cheat code to prayer is that it is a conversation with your dad mm. i agree with jordan he's not a gumball machine this is not if the if you just have a sky daddy We got sugar daddies, but people treat people treat God like he's a sky daddy. I, I'm going to go to my sky daddy because I need my <laughs> rent paid. Sky daddy going to help me get a new car. Mm-mm. Sky daddy going to have me private, have me uh, flying private. Girl, you on JSX. That ain't private. <laughs> it just feels like it. <laughs> my sky daddy. People making worship songs to sky daddy. Sky Daddy, <laughs> Sky Daddy has me. Sky Daddy has me. Living life to the fullest. Sky Daddy has me. <laughs> oh, that's a terrible song. <laughs> <laughs> the song is terrible. It's going to my new ring back down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're too easy to please, Sam. You got to have standards, bro. You need boundaries in your life. That's what people to keep telling me, man. <laughs> hey, no, no, like, like he's not a sky daddy. He's yeah. not. He's not a vending machine. Yeah. You don't get to press E six, and Takis come out. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah. you don't press D seven and then a honey bun falls, because yeah. you just wanted a honey bun, right? You don't press A two, and sun chips fall down. Sour cream and chive. You see, I've been around some. Those are good. Those are good. You see, I've been around <laughs> a few, uh, a, a few vending machines in my life, right? So, no prayer. Prayers are are are, are prayers change the person, and they can change your circumstance. Mm-hmm. But the prayer should be out of relationship. If the prayer is only that's good. Sky Daddy, help me out. I never talk to you until I'm in a time crunch or stuff ain't going well and now i finally need you that's not a relationship yeah he's not a vending machine Mm -hmm. or a gumball machine so that's my answer to that so you were doing the brick house between what years oh six and 2010 sounds like those are some pretty dope years bro. i'm telling you right now could you walk me through it bro yeah so so um i'm on the road with josh mcdowell at the time this is may of 2006 and i get a call from human resources at the potter's house and they're like hi um just uh we want to extend an offer for you to become an associate pastor at the potter's house and i was like doing what because at the time they already had a youth pastor and i'm like did something happen to the youth pastor i hope not really cool dude and then they were like oh let me check and i guess they had to like fumble through the paper i don't know and they were like um associate pastor of young adults we want you to start a young adult ministry mm-hmm. and i was like yes i didn't know what i was saying yes to <laughs> i had never pastored in my life but i was like whatever that is yes Wait, and they didn't have an adult or they didn't have a young adults at all no they didn't have you no they didn't have a young adult ministry before before i came i never knew that that's wild yeah 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 so the church had and so this is this is 
10 years in wow, this church wow, has gone dude. 10 years and mm-hmm. wow. and and let's be honest a, a a young adult ministry is a very niche ministry mm-hmm. yeah right if you only got 300 people you should not have a young adult ministry yeah because that's probably a, a third of your church if not more you know what i'm saying but when you got a church of thousands you need to you, you can start compartmentalizing and being more specific we got something for singles we got something for uh Divorce. We got something for young marrieds. We got something for young adults, college, career. Like you can start splitting it up in, in a, a bunch of different ways. So that's where my that's where my um, that's where my call to the pastorate came from. Yeah. So I step into that ministry. I don't know the first thing about how to run a young adult ministry. I gave my life to Jesus when I was twenty. I was married by the time I was twenty three. And I never went to college. So I'm like, what am I going to tell a 25-year-old who's dating, probably in school, trying to start their career, and I'm sitting up here 30 years old, only five years their senior, and I've been settled. You know what I'm saying? I'm already settled into a marriage. I'm settled into a calling on ministry that I accepted when I was 20. What am I going to tell y'all? So I had to go pray, Lord. Please tell me what young adults need because I don't know what young adults need. And the Holy Spirit's response was, young adults need an anchor for their soul. So my response back to him is like, oh, you're right, Holy Spirit. Because a lot of times we we think we know what God means by what he says. Yeah. Like, you heard God, but don't act like you know what he means. What God said and what he means could be the difference between Amen and hey, man. <laughs> right. They rhyme, but they're not the same thing, right? right? So I didn't know what he meant by that. And I'm like, so I'm like, oh, you're right. Because when the storms of life hit, um, if you don't have an anchor for your soul, you can wind up shipwrecked and your life could be just completely devastated. And the Holy Spirit goes, no. <laughs> mm. <laughs> then he hit me with something that was so profound. He said, Tim. On a clear day with calm skies and no wind blowing, a boat without an anchor will still drift away. He said the natural ebb and flow of the tide is why I want you to drop a deep enough anchor. He said, Tim, people aren't setting their watch to run out of youth group and go fornicate. Mm. Go find themselves in a bad relationship, bad marriage, start drinking become an alcoholic, become a person that doesn't have character and integrity. He said, that's not happening overtly. Yeah. It's subtle. Wow. Mm. I just wanted my boyfriend to spend the night because it got late and I don't want him to get in a car accident. He was kind of sleepy. So he just slept on the couch and I slept in the bed and we didn't do nothing that night right then it got a little bit more comfy he slept on the couch again then one night y'all was so tired y'all slept on the couch together and then he left he left some clothes over and y'all did good for about five to six weeks because you don't think your flesh is going to get the best of you. And then, you know, you was washing dishes and he came up behind you and he had a boner and you felt it. Mm. 
and then you got wet, and then you got more curious, and then he felt the warmth of your body, and then so y'all, and then y'all started grinding on the couch, and then then you were like, we gotta stop, <sighs> we gotta stop, we went too far, you know. So now he got blue balls, and you soaking wet, and then you know, and then eleven weeks later. Right, y'all did it a little bit, but you didn't like do it all because he just went down on you, and then you just decided to give him a hand job, and then you know, seventeen weeks in, there's full penetration, but y'all repented, but y'all are getting married anyway, so I don't even see what we're doing wrong. Mm. I just laid out for you every conversation I had for four years, right? <laughs> and sometimes that was guy girl, and sometimes that was guy guy, and sometimes that was girl girl, and you know, and it wasn't like everything was sex. We we the, you got people with trauma and lying and going to jail and you know what I mean, thief doing all. I mean, everybody doing crazy stuff and then trying to figure out the Bible and then about to join a cult and one person thinks I the Old Testament is is really uh my guide and I get to have more than one wife and um people having multiple partners in their bed and. And and then the girl getting mad because she brought a girl home, but he liked the girl too. And then she got mad at the her husband for liking the girl she brought home. I've seen it all. Yeah, heard it all. Covered easily four thousand hours of counseling. Wow. Or, or not? I don't want to say four thousand hours. Two thousand hours. Easy. I logged at least two thousand hours. Mm. A counsel in that four years. Let me let me make sure I do the math right on that. It's twenty four hours in a day. Okay. Chow. <laughs> you undersold yourself. Oh, I easily did four thousand hours of counseling. Yeah. Easily. Oh, I didn't know it would be that much. <laughs> Heck yeah. Oh, I oh my gosh. Is it melting your heart? <laughs> I did at least four thousand hours of counseling in four years. Lord have mercy. So I got to hear it all. Yeah. And it and it 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 what it did was it gave me a very empathetic approach to how to help people. Mm-hmm. Like I know what people deal with because I've sat with them. And they've given me the gift of their vulnerability. And I'm like, I get, uh, I completely understand. I didn't Bible thump them. Just like, but I also was firm on like, hey, dude, stop playing yourself. Yep. Like y'all can't. And this is before Netflix and chill. You know what I mean? It's like, stop acting like you You like, you're sexually attracted to this person. They're sexually attracted to you. Do you honestly think you're going to be in the room for any length of time and your body's not going to wake up and start pointing at each other? Mm-hmm. Stop it. Why would you put yourself in this awkward position? Scripture says flee fornication. Yeah. Run. It don't say pet it. It don't say, hey, uh, I think we've gone too far. You better flee. Because if you don't run, y'all going to be bucking. <laughs> it rhymes with the. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let me read it because people be thinking. Stuff. Okay, so this is uh, I don't I could read all of that. I'm gonna just read one verse. Uh First Corinthians six eighteen. Run from sexual sin. 
No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. You got to run from it. If you don't run from it, just don't be, just don't play yourself. That's just stupid. It's just dumb to put yourself in a situation where um, you could compromise mm-hmm. morally and sexually. You know what I mean? I, 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 there's just no way I'm going to be in a compromising position with a woman. I don't trust myself, and I love Juliet, and I don't trust me. Two things can be true. <laughs> You're going to leave me in the house with no beautiful woman that I'm attracted to. Now, if I'm not attracted to her, that's a completely different thing. People yeah. people don't realize that. You you only got to worry about the person you're attracted to. You ain't got to worry about somebody. You They could be attracted to you, but if you ain't attracted to them, what's going to happen? Nothing. People think uh, women only have that luxury. I'm not attracted to him. I would never. Don't think dudes are just so dang horny that we have no discretion. Right. <laughs> if I don't like you, I don't care who you are. Right. You could be butt naked with a fur coat on. If I don't if I don't want you, I don't want you. Yeah. But I know if I'm attracted to you, if I'm attracted to you, I'm gonna steer, I'm gonna give you hundred and fifty feet. Mm. Cause I don't wanna be nowhere near yep. someone that's gonna even get me to come close to disrespecting myself and disrespecting God and disrespecting my wife. So So Dr. Tim. Um, <laughs> such a dork. With someone who is wanting to enter relationships correctly mm-hmm. and has had a past of that, mm-hmm. of doing it incorrectly, um, and that internal struggle of, like, I don't want to go down my old paths, what is your best advice to them? Yeah, you got to set up a lifestyle and um, some boundaries that don't frustrate that side of your life, right? Like I tell people who have been married and divorced, you have a different sexual um, uh, rhythm than somebody who's single and never been married, right? right? Because if you were married, then at some point before the relationship went sour or whatever, there was a regular sexual rhythm within that relationship. And depending on the frequency between both the partners, whether, you know, and frequency is relative, you know what I mean? Um, when that's taken away, either through death, somebody being widowed, or through divorce, your body's still waking up like, bro, I usually get broke off on Tuesdays. Yeah. Y- you know what I mean? We usually have sex three times a week, twice as missionary and once as head. I, You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, I don't know, it was just, I don't, for some way, for some reason, Thursdays was head day i don't know what made it head day it just became head day. yeah so 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 <laughs> we we don't we don't we don't acknowledge the fact that our bodies are now trained and in this rhythm right. and now you're telling the body a hey, back back that thing up right back that thing up uh there's no one there and your body's pissed yeah, your body your, your, your body's like it's thursday fan go get someone yes yeah. make it happen somebody better come in here like you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> and so and so we have to there's got to be a new way that you like set up your life. Yeah. All right. So, so if that was the rhythm and we need to disrupt that rhythm, our bodies are incredibly fine tuned instruments that can adapt to change over time. Mm. Right. And you can, you can, you can start a new healthy habit. If you just give yourself time 
and continuity. Mm-hmm. And you can you can start a new rhythm. Yeah. It's usually between 45 to 60 days. And your body will go, oh, this is what we're doing now? And it's not mm-hmm. just sexual stuff. It's not just sexual stuff. No, I'm just, the question was more yeah. along those yeah. lines, but no, it's not just sexual stuff. Yeah. This is for anything that you do. If you was a smoker, there's a, there's mm-hmm. a new pattern that you can do. And after 45 to 60 days, your body would be like, oh, we don't do this no more. Like, mm-hmm. that ain't, we don't do this no more. Like, that ain't the, we don't do this no more. That ain't the thing. What are we doing now? Now it's, your body's going to go through withdrawal and it's going to fight the change because our bodies like comfort. They don't like change that much. Yeah. But once you push past that and you get to the other side of it, then you're already in this new lifestyle and, and it can happen. But most people don't give themselves that time or right. they always short circuit that time. And so it's an 11 day streak. And listen, I, saints, I tried, but I, <laughs> be praying for me. I almost made it today, today 12, <laughs> yeah. but I, I couldn't make it. This is in the Facebook group chat of the, of the church community. Please help. Please, hey, 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 saints, be praying for me. I, I know that we said that we was fasting, but uh, that Krispy Kreme sign was on. And I'm at Pecan Lodge right now. I had to have a donut. They had fresh glaze on it. I had to get one. So, I listen, my encouragement is give yourself grace, but then you need accountability. Yeah. This is why when I go to a gym, I have a personal trainer yeah. for one reason or one reason only. I'm never going to push myself as hard as my trainer will. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. The moment my legs start shaking, I'll be like, wait, I did good enough. I'm good. Yeah. I think my thighs have had enough today. She's the one going two more. Right. And I'm looking at her like, if you don't get out of my face, little <laughs> girl, then she's like, you paid me to be in your face. And then I'm like, so, <laughs> so. That's my encouragement. My encouragement is make sure you have accountability and then give yourself the space and the grace to make that reset because anybody can make that reset. That's good. That's good. So you said when you had gotten the, they offered you the position Mm -hmm. for the young adult ministry. Mm -hmm. First thing you did was go to God. And I asked him, I need a blueprint on how to be a young adult pastor because I don't know what I'm doing. So I think this could, this could Cosign in churches and businesses, anything that you're trying to make thrive. For sure. Some people don't know the audience that they're trying to reach. Facts.com. So could you kind of talk about that when, you know, we hear business, like restaurant, I'm going to, I'll say restaurants and churches where I hear it the most is, I don't know, man, like we have something cool here, but it's just not growing. Mm -hmm. And it's always, I don't know why. Yeah. Well, they don't know why because they don't know, they don't know who, who their target audience is. Mm. We talked about this before Jesus had a target audience. Jesus' target audience was the lost sheep of Israel. He really wasn't talking to nobody else. He's, he sure enough wasn't talking to the Pharisees. They already thought they were the best people on the planet, right? And these were devout people that loved God, but they missed the whole revelation of Jesus because they weren't open-minded. So, so you got to know who your target audience is and you have to unapologetically just talk to the people that, you, that you're assigned to talk to, right? The basement... I always say the ba- the basement is for someone between 24 and 27 years old. That's who I'm talking to on every pod. I'm not talking to them the way I would talk to somebody who was 40 years old, mm-hmm. right? My whole swag is different when I talk to a younger person. Why? Because I'm not trying to impress them or get them to think I'm cool. I just want them to know where you are in life, I don't have amnesia. I used to be you. Right. <laughs> 
I used to be you, fam. And so I know what you're trying to figure out right now. You're trying to figure out a lot. You're trying to figure out identity. You're trying to figure out calling. You're trying to figure out career. You're trying to figure out relationships. You're trying to figure out you on different levels. You're trying to figure out capacity, dreams. How do I go after them? I'm too scared to go after them. What if I fail? Does it even matter? Should I go to college? Should I just take a trade? There's a whole bunch of stuff you're thinking about. And I'm like, let me help you navigate mm -hmm. what you're doing now. With that target audience in mind, I know I got people younger than that and older than that that listen, but if I don't have a target, I won't hit nothing. You're talking to nobody. I'm talking to nobody. So I'm I always I always give the example. The iPhone was is not marketed to a to a 48-year-old black man. Upper middle class. The iPhone is always targeted to some little 19-year-old white girl. Mm -hmm. And my parents got iPhones. They're iPhone sevens, but I mean they got iPhones. <laughs> They're seven years behind, but <laughs> they got iPhones. Why? Why? Because be because of their relentless pursuit at only going after their demographic, we all got one in our hands. So you got to know who you're talking to, and if you don't know who you're talking to, then ask somebody. Ask a few people. Sit down. I, like the like the churches that always suck. Uh, uh, and I, obviously I'm not talking about Big C Church. I'm just talking about people that just think it's a good idea to plant a church as if it ain't God's idea. God don't need your help. If he don't tell you to plant a church, do not plant one because it's going to suck. Um, uh, but the churches that wind up sucking are the ones that are like, we're here for everybody. Who's your target audience? Brother, please. We don't have a target audience. The devil is a lie. We want it. We're going after the world. We're part of the world. <laughs> Whosoever will, let them come. And you got nerve to sit up there and give me that dumb answer. So sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm in my apostolic vein right now. You, you, got, you sitting up here with that, that super dumb answer like you just didn't read from Romans. From 1st and 2nd Corinthians. From first and second Thessalonians, <laughs> Colossians, Philippians, Ephesians, Galatians. You sitting up here talking about you got a church for everybody and Paul writing to Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And you don't know who you're talking to. Paul didn't write letters to the church. And it, I'm just writing letters willy-nilly to the church. I don't know who's going to read it, but y'all figure it out. No, the way he talked to the Romans is different than the way he talked to the Corinthians. The way he talked to the Corinthians was different from the way he talked to the Ephesians. The way he talked to the Ephesians was different from the way he talked to the Colossians. The way he talked to the Colossians was different from the way he talked to the Thessalonians. Uh, yeah, the Thessalonians. The, the, the way he talked to the Thessalonians is completely different than the personal letter he wrote to Phi, uh, Philemon, who I call Philemon. Let me have my own accent. Um, th there's a... What are we talking about? You got to know who you're talking to or else you ain't talking to nobody. And 25 year olds, your brain ain't fully developed yet. That's why I be, that's why my tone be changing sometime with y'all. 
because you need to hear it in a certain way. And some of y'all are so hood, then then I gotta go hooder for you to know that I'm on your level. So stop playing. I know who I'm talking to. <laughs> My wife sending me text messages. Cute. Bros in love. I I bet you I am. Yes, Lord. Okay, cool. So that's my answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> and that can work in anything, not just not just churches. That's restaurants, your employees, Absolutely your correct. relationships. Who, Absolutely. You who, you talk, who are you talking to? Who are you trying to reach? And then when, when, when you say who you're trying to reach, don't apologize for that. Mm. I don't apologize for who I'm after. I'm after some young people that are like completely disengaged with church not really feeling it or it doesn't resonate with them it doesn't really translate they don't feel like they have a connection but down there in, here in the basement they still they feel safe enough to be like yo here's what i'm really dealing with i couldn't tell my mama but nigga i'll tell you mm -hmm. that's who i'm talking to now everybody can't use the n-word <laughs> <laughs> the basement told me i could <laughs> <laughs> i mean he said it mom <laughs> i don't know why tiny tim just showed up today <laughs> to the pod but but you know what i'm saying like 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 i want to be able to ask a question and i want you to be able to ask a question i want you to be able to feel safe you can you can we've always said you, you don't have to agree with us but we want to have a safe space where you can like lab and like i'm i'm working on it and i'm trying to figure it out um i, I was in uh i was in uh i was in uh birmingham alabama for less than 24 hours um and this girl comes up to me in the green room with the most amazing testimony i have ever heard okay she was like listen i'm a i'm a lesbian i'm attracted to women and i started listening to some of your messages on sexuality while god was already downloading and dealing with me about what i'm going through and i'm like yeah, you ain't talking to me, Lord. And then she said, I might be butchering this. And and so um, if you're listening, please forgive me. I'm just going off memory. And the fact that it was an, it was emotional when we had the conversation because mm. you start crying and I'm started crying and it was just a hot mess, uh, a beautiful hot mess. So anyway, she's like, um, then she either had a vision or a dream where she was dancing with the Lord and mm. this silhouette comes up to her and the silhouette was like, a man and not a woman and she's like there's no way you're bringing me a man and so she goes on with this story and then she goes like this with her hand she's married to this she's married to this guy mm. wow and and the ultimate redemption for this is why i love when jackie was was on the pod the ultimate redemption for somebody that um had same-sex attraction or um was in a, a gay lifestyle the ultimate redemption from them is not marriage yeah is fidelity to the Lord with their bodies. Right. <laughs> right. We, we got to stop acting like marriage is the end all be all. When 50% of the people in church is getting divorced. Right. La, 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 la. Let's not make everything be like it's happy, happy, joy, joy. We got people speaking in tongues and getting divorces. And standing up in front of the congregation like they co-parenting kids. We're still friends. Just didn't work out between us. 
neither one of y'all could have got on the altar and dad mm. or both of y'all mm. were just, you know, it's just not working out, but we're still going to pastor this church. And mm. Okay. Marriage is supposed to be a type and shadow of Christ in the church. And you sitting up here on the fourth one? Jesus done broke up with that many of his believers and, and remarried somebody else. Who he married to now? Harry Krishna? <laughs> he going through all the religions? <laughs> hey, it didn't work out between me and Judaism. And so I'm out here with the Baha'i faith right now. She's kind of hot. I love her Indian accent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if Baha'i faith is Indian. I just, I'm just freestyling. Please forgive me if I've messed up the face. I've only, I'm only a part of one. I just we, we we have to we have to normalize the conversations yeah. around being intentional about going after people. Yeah. I always talked about this when we came anytime a white church says, How do we brother, how do we become more diverse? <laughs> I'm like, Well you can't get chocolate milk unless you add chocolate. Hire a black dude. Well that just seems disingenuous. We we're trying to organic <laughs> We want to organically just kind of have diversity. Ain't no, ain't no black people within freaking fifty miles of your church. This Prosper Texas dude. <laughs> I think you're gonna have to import. Oh man, you're gonna have to import somebody because I don't think it's gonna happen organically if it's ninety eight point seven percent white. Mm -hmm. If you want diversity, be intentional about it. Then be unapologetic. But understand, I uh, there was a, I have a friend of mine uh, on. I'll just say he's on the East Coast. I won't say where. Uh, he became the worship pastor of a church and 200 families left the same Sunday. The day he was announced was the last time the lead pastor saw 200 of the families that went to his church. Because he hired a black worship pastor. Now, if that don't tell you how some people's hearts are full of dead men's bones, I don't know what does. But what is your target target audience? You better be ready because I think some of y'all don't define who your target audience is because you don't want, want to mess up the constituency you know you have. I said something right there. I'm I'm have to let them marry that, that I have to let that marinate. Yep. Yep. I'm gonna say it again, and I'm gonna slow down. Then I'm gonna explain myself. Some of y'all, uh huh will not define who your target audience is because you have a constituency that you already know follows you. And you know that if you were to be really honest about who you are desiring to go after or what your mandate really is, your constituency would drop off. When I was the young adult, uh, not the young adult pastor, when I was the lead pastor at Embassy City Church, I used to do a class called an Engage class. And in that class, I would say um, that this is an embassy. Excuse me. We, this is an embassy, and we only represent here what happens in heaven. So there is no Black History Month here. There is no Cinco de Mayo here. There is no St. Patrick's Day here. We're not, you know honoring veterans on veterans day like that doesn't happen in heaven so it's not going to happen here what 
Then I said, um, if you love your ethnicity more than you love your identity in Christ, you have an idol. You ready? Mm-hmm. More black people left the church than any other ethnicity. Because they, they thought I was going to be this, this pastor. While I am blackity black black. Bless you. <laughs> While I am blackity black black, I love my ethnicity. I just don't love it more than I love my identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. I love being black. But if you chose me to pick one or the other, I'm going to pick Christ. One million times out of one million times. So I love my ethnicity and I love the ethnicity of others. But here, there's only, we, and here's what I used to say. The Holy Spirit is so dope because he's bringing it all back to my memory right now. Uh, uh, eth- my ethnicity flavors everything that I do. All of our ethnicities flavor everything that we do, whether white or Hispanic or black or from Africa or from the, the Caribbean islands or from Europe or from South America, uh, Canada, um, the continent of Africa, Australia, Malaysia, um, uh, Phuket, Thailand, China, the Philippines, Japan, Japan. No matter where you are from, they're, they're, your ethnicity flavors what you do. I've traveled the world and been in church services all around the world. And the, 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 the country flavors the worship. The country flavors how they preach and teach. And it's beautiful. And there's only one culture. And that's kingdom culture. I refuse to have any other culture except kingdom culture in our church. Yeah. Our ethnicities flavor everything we do. We only have one culture here and that's kingdom. So we will sing a CCM song and we will sing an old school church hymn and we will sing a black of that black black song. Why? Because it ain't about none of it. The only mm. culture here is kingdom. That's good. Our ethnicity flavors everything, but the only culture we have here is the kingdom fam. And we relentlessly protected that. But we don't have to we don't have to deny who we were after. My, 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 um, my, my uh, target audience when I was a lead pastor was a 30-year-old biracial girl who was generous, looking to grow in her faith, and uh, desired connection. That's who, that's who I talk to every weekend. Every time I got up to preach, I was talking to a, a, a biracial girl. Her daddy is black. Her mama is white. And she has lived life holding the tension of both of them. That's who I was talking to on, on the weekends. She's 30 years old. She has a career. She's educated. I knew exactly who I was talking to. And why were you talking to a girl and not a guy? Because that girl... um that girl gets the guy that I'm after. Yeah. And, and, and then we get the family and then we, all, we, we go do it again. So that is, I, I unashamedly was after that person. Yeah. As a podcaster, I'm unashamedly 
after somebody between 24 and 27 years old. Unashamedly. I'm trying to give them cheat codes. I want them to pass me. I want them to do ministry better than me if they're going to be in ministry. I want them their discipleship process to be better than mine. I want them to step in less uh, piles of poo than I stepped in. Yeah. <laughs> I want them to step in less bear traps. I don't want them to get caught up in the Irrelevant. ministry game. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't want them to be uh, spellbound, spellbound by narcissism. I don't want them to be a part of a church that cares more about the weekend than it does about how people live during the week. I'm trying to give people cheat codes and the earliest, the earlier I can get somebody, the better off the rest of their life is going to be. Now I know I'm helping people that don't fit that age range, but don't be mad at me for talking to these people like this. Mm -hmm. This is the way they talk. The one, the ones I'm talking to this, the way they talk. Now that I might not be talking. I would never use that language and I would never talk like that. And it don't take all that. It don't take all that for you. Mm-hmm. So when God gives you a blueprint, you be obedient to what he's telling you to do. I already know what he told me to do, and I'm doing that. Right. So part of uh, what we do in the basement, and you've said this multiple times in multiple pods, uh, we hold the tension. I bet you we hold tension. And uh, the image that I I get every time you say it, dude, is uh, Spider-Man 2. Yes, sir. Tobey Maguire. Yes. Oh. Standing in front of the train. Yeah. And he's holding that tension. Yeah, bro. That's a great visual. Here's the thing. It's a great visual. That's a great visual. If he doesn't hold that tension, he doesn't stop that train. That's exactly right. And so if you're doing things in your life and you want them to stop. Preach, Sammy. You got to hold that tension. You better preach, Sammy. It's going to be painful. Yes, it is. It's going to hurt. Yes, it will. But it's a process. Well, people don't want to hurt, though. Mm. That's why they let go of one or the they other. They don't want to stop. Yeah, they, they 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 wind up letting go of one or the other because oh, this feels uncomfortable. Mm. And that's why it's easier to just go black and white. And it's either this or that. And then when you tell them it's this and that, they'd be like, Yeah, uh, no, it can't be. I'm melting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> your your uh, your practice of being relatable helps you be a great father, podcaster, leader, everything you do. For sure. You willing to be relatable because some people just want to be right. right or what you're saying, they don't want to get uncomfortable and get a target audience. It's just easier if we just do our thing and yeah. whoever comes, comes and we're doing God's work. Yeah. But we're not getting dirty. Well, well, and, and, and you don't have no clarity. Like you don't even know if you're winning or not. How you know if you're winning? Yeah, it's good. How do you know if what you're doing is actually, you don't have a target audience. You don't even know when you're winning. Yeah. <laughs> Worse, you don't even know when you're losing. You can't see yourself. Can't see yourself. What's the score? Mm. <laughs> if the Lakers don't know that they, who they playing, how they know, how they going to know when they won? Yeah. Or lost. We don't have an opponent. Wow. So. I hope that helps somebody. It does help. Yeah. Uh, you want to get into some voice messages? Hit it. From all the dwellers, because y'all done blew up my Instagram. <laughs> Shout out, God. Um, this one is from Emmy Moore. Okay. It's a voice message. So this is a little ratchet. I'm going to play it here. We'll see if it works. Don't, we, don't do it. Let's get it. 
Hey, what's up, Hector? My name's Emmy. First and foremost, I just want to thank you for your obedience and everything that y'all are doing down in the basement. As a fellow content creator myself, seeing people come together and speak truth and grace and just realness um, is something I really admire, especially from someone who likes to be out of pocket. Um, but my question and uh, what I would like to discuss is how not having a positive father figure can hurt your vision of seeing God as a father. Um, I grew up with a very harsh relationship with my with my birth dad, my earthly father. Um, so the things that I've lacked in that relationship are things that are hard for me to grasp when it comes between me and my relationship with God and uh, just with men in general. So if you guys could touch on that, that would be amazing. Thank you and God bless. We love you, Emmy. Let me tell you something about Emmy. <laughs> Emmy understood the assignment. That was 60 seconds. Legit. That was 60 seconds. It was clear. It was concise. It was directly to the point. It wasn't four minutes. And the first 60 seconds was like, I'm going to get to my question in a minute, but shout out to my mom and shout out to the basement. I bought four of your sweaters, but three of them were too small. If y'all could just change that. But now, okay, back to what I really want to say. Continued on the second. All right, here I am. I'm back. I just wanted to make sure. Nah, nah. Emmy. Woo! Emmy. That girl knows how to speak. That girl knows how to speak. She kept it a buck. All right, so first of all, let me say, um, I deeply empathize with you um, as it relates to not having that type of relationship with your dad. Um I can identify with you and hold space for you even though I don't have the experience that you're currently speaking of. I have a great dad who loved me, attuned to me, affirmed me, um, but obviously I've sat with more people than I can count that have not had that narrative. And I will say that I have had spiritual leaders in my life who gave me the feeling on a spiritual level that you had on a relational level with your father. Let me first say that one of the steps to moving forward is to first acknowledge the sadness of what you did not get from your dad. A lot of times we we honor without being honest. Well, my dad was hurt, and because he was hurt, that's why he couldn't be available for me. Okay, that's true, and it still freaking hurt you. Mm -hmm. right. So be. I love that you honored, and I need you to be honest. Mm -hmm. My dad was unemotionally available. Unemotionally? Yeah. Emotionally unavailable for me because of whatever happened in his life. Uh, my dad had a tough upbringing and as a result he was kind of absentee present in the body not present emotionally you have to acknowledge where the breakdown is and the disconnect and then you have to grieve it we talk about this all the time you will not leave what you don't properly grieve so you have to first acknowledge these are the ways that my dad missed me Wow. You have to acknowledge that first. My dad missed me here. 
here, 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 here. As a result, I compensated for it here, 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 and here. And I don't want to see God that way. And you won't, Emmy, if you grieve what you did not get from your dad. Because if you do not grieve what you did not get from your dad, you will turn around and look at God the same way as your dad. And you have to, you have to be able to draw a line of demarcation between what you experienced and the experience you want to have with God as father. And we know what the character of God is like based on scripture. And if you're going to be able to embrace him as a loving father and be able to sing good, good father and be able to sing reckless love without having this buzz in your amygdala of like that. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, I'm singing it, but I don't really believe it because that's not being experienced. No, you need to be able to separate God, the father from your earthly father. And the way you do that first is by acknowledging what you did not get from your earthly father and grieving it. Then being able to turn to God and say, Lord, I come to you with some deficiencies based on what my dad wasn't able to give me, my earthly father. I am asking you to fill those places in me spiritually, emotionally, and relationally in the areas I did not get from my father. And if you want to do that all in a down low while I'm asleep, amen. But you may want to bring me a surrogate father, a spiritual father, a father figure. And I'm telling you, girl, you're going to need a father figure before you get in your next relationship. Because you don't want to be in a relationship with a man that you also need to be your daddy. I felt that strong. Find your father figure before you find your next man. Because your next man cannot be your daddy. If you want to stroke his ego and call him daddy, that's one thing. But if you make him be your daddy, it's not going to go good for you. And you're not going to be able to blame it on him. You're going to make him try to fill the void that your father left you. And no man is capable of doing that for you. Only God can do that for you. And, and, and maybe some surrogate... Or, or some uh, father figures that, that you allow to come into your life and help to repair those areas in, in your heart that have been kind of vacant. So I hope that helps. Hope that helps. That was great, bro. Thank you. Yeah, that was Thank you. Want to keep going? Yeah. Oh, I love this. This is fun. And I love hearing the voices. It's just like, oh, it's so good. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. All right. We got uh, Andrew Emil from Canada. Canada. This is Andrew from Quebec, Canada. I recently saw um, an ad on Upset the Gram with an invitation to who wanted to be part of the podcast, and I'm definitely interested. Um, so just a little backstory. I'm a youth pastor in, in Montreal, and um, if there was a struggle I'd want to talk about, it's probably um, the imposter syndrome. So being a youth pastor and all at my church, uh, I get a lot of praise often for for sermons or, or the work that, that I do with kids. But on my own personal personal life, you know, I, I don't feel like I necessarily live up to those standards. I've got that humanity aspect that, that I also wrestle with. You know, I've got challenges on my own. And so, so when I conflate that with being praised to a certain degree at church, it's a, it's a bit difficult. So yeah, I definitely want to talk about that and how to, to avoid um, 
the narcissistic incubator that can be a church at times, you know? Anyways, hope this finds you well and have a good day. Man, these guys understand. <laughs> these people understand the assignment. When you close your eyes, are you literally in his shoes? I am. Watching everything? Yep, I am. So, uh, what was his name again? Uh, Andrew Emil. Okay, so Andrew, thank you so much. Um, I, I appreciate you. And good. Hey, first of all, kudos on what you're doing out there. I'm gonna give you a scripture because I don't want you to be I don't want you to be afraid of praise. Okay, Proverbs 27. <coughs> Proverbs 27. Yeah, Proverbs 27 and verse 21 says this: Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but a person is tested by being praised. <laughs> You need to get that verse in your life, homeboy. Okay? I'm going to read it again. Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but a person is tested by being praised. So um, uh, praise test where your character and your integrity are. And, and we always tell people, you, you know, um, uh, don't accept praise, give all the glory to God. Well, praise and glory are two different things. And scripture just told us, a man is tested by being praised, not glorified, mm -hmm. praised. All glory goes to God. But you can praise a man. You can praise a woman. You can applaud them for their efforts, their accomplishments, their achievements. But it's that person's responsibility to properly digest the praise and be able to move it along. So I love the self-awareness. But of course, I do not love the imposter syndrome. So I want to tease that, those two things out because your self-awareness is dope. I heard it. I caught it at the end of your uh, question. You said that church can be a narcissistic incubator, and it absolutely can be. <laughs> I've seen people step into ministry with the purest of intentions and come out hideous monsters because uh, we love a hero in church. And we love somebody that does great things. And some of us start living up vicariously through our pastors. And we, we abandon the call of God on our life to live through vicariously the adventures of our super pastor. So this, I love the self-awareness that, 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 that I heard come through your, uh, your voice note. And that is, I do not want to become a narcissist. They're telling me good job all the time, but I know who I am. I know my humanity. I know the days that I'm off. I know that there's sometimes I've had thoughts right before I had to speak to these youth or five hours after I spoke to them, I had thoughts or and or actions that would be like, ah, if the people find out, I know what all that is, bro. And I'm not projecting anything on you. I'm just saying I, I know I know what fleshy is because I, I live in it, right? But I want to tease that out. I want you to be self-aware. I don't want you to have imposter syndrome. That's good. God put you there. You are on assignment at that church. And the praise you are getting from the congregation is obviously because God and the Holy Spirit are working through you to do something beautiful in this church community. Here's how you avoid imposter syndrome. Say thank you for what they said and let the moment pass you by <laughs> the only time 
you will become a narcissist in this season as a youth pastor is if you turn moments into monuments. Because moments that you turn into monuments become idols that you worship for the rest of your life. You're being tested with the praise. But don't let it make you down on yourself where you're walking around, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the bondage of my own flesh? If the people only knew who I am. No, that's, that's, that's you in Romans 7 on repeat. You know what comes after Romans 7? Romans 8. You know what the first verse of Romans 8 is? There is now therefore no condemnation to those that, that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Hey, here's the only person that needs to know that even on your best day, your flesh is raggedy. You. <laughs> you need to know that. That's good. And now let me speak to, let me speak to some, some senior pastors, senior leaders, mentors that are always constantly trying to put your people down because you're too afraid of them becoming proud. That ain't even your job, homeboy. If you got a young, if you got a young man or a young woman in your church and God's and God's doing something in their life and people are applauding that, you don't have to try to keep them humble. The Holy Spirit don't need your help. You are not Holy Ghost Jr. Well, well, uh, they did a great job, but I'm not going to put them up for the next four weeks because, you know, I don't want their head to get big. (laughs) How big is your damn head? (laughs) Have you let the air out the side of your ear? And, and, And who did that for you? Did you do that or did you ask somebody else to do that? Scripture says, humble yourself. It didn't say make sure you go to the king to be humbled. It didn't say make sure you go to your your lead pastor to let him humble you so you won't be walking around in pride. No, humble yourself. It literally says that that way for this reason. It strongly implies that you know when you're not humble. So stay self-aware, man. Don't get into imposter syndrome. Stay self-aware. If you start feeling yourself, call it out on yourself. Yo, I'm starting to feel myself a little bit. I need to I need to humble myself. That's what scripture says. Scripture says we need to humble ourselves. But don't let these other people become the humble police. Well, you know, you you, you know, just be careful, man, because, you know, you don't want pride to step in. (laughs) If you don't want pride to step in, stay on your face. My mama taught me years and years ago, baby, no matter how God, how high God takes you, you'll still be at his feet. No matter how high God takes you in ministry, you'll still be at the feet of Jesus. So let him use you, honey. And that's what I'm going to say to you minus the honey. Let him use you, man. Let him use you. Don't walk around in self-deprecation. You know, you live in your own body. You know where your frailties are, but you're being tested by that praise. And that praise is meant to give you self-awareness. It is not meant to give you imposter syndrome. You feel yourself getting a little big headed like, oh, yeah, this is all about me. Humble yourself, Mm -hmm. because if you don't humble yourself, you're going to fall flat on your face. You know this. But, bro, embrace the self-awareness. And move the imposter syndrome to the side. I love you, bro. It's good. Oh, this is good. This is fun. Oh, child. Hey, if you're a youth pastor and you're actually struggling with that and you feel like you're getting a little big headed, 
Go serve in facilities for a day. For real. Go, go pick up some trash. Clean some toilets. Absolutely correct. You're going to connect with that team. That's exactly right. You're going to have a deeper relationship with each other. Absolutely correct. And it's going to be hard to have a big head after that. I bet you you can't have a big head <laughs> when you've been listening, when you've been smelling bowel movements. <laughs> you want to keep going? Are you kidding me? All right, I got uh, Shayna Robertson here. What's up, Shayna? Hi, Hector, Sam, and Tim. My question, I know Tim may not be able to relate to this, but it's about co-parenting. I'm currently married. I had my oldest daughter is from a previous relationship prior to meeting my husband, but we know that it's some sense of spiritual warfare because every so often there's a flare-up of chaotic division that you can tell that once she's been there comes back to our home what advice do you have or what sense can you make of how to deal with this situation it's been an ongoing battle um and i've prayed i've read my uh bible trying to figure out how to navigate um i'm in therapy myself um she has been in therapy before but what do you have to say to that kind of situation? What's her name? Shayna. All right, Shayna, I love you, girl. Uh, and I'm so sorry you're dealing with this situation. I, I, it sounds incredibly frustrating. You're right. I can't relate to it personally. Um, uh, and I also know uh, scores of people in my own personal life that have blended families. Um, I have a god sister that's in a blended family. Um, I, I, I got a couple, several guys that are in blended families. I have dear friends, uh, that have some blended families. So let me, let me submit something to you. Um, it would be really, really great to, uh, connect with somebody in a blended family community. Um, either a couple or, uh, there's a community, there's communities that are starting to pop up now. Cause think about it. If 50% of marriages end up in divorce, um, the average person is actually going to get remarried. Mm -hmm. And if children have come from the previous um, relationship, then they're going to come into this relationship as well. And uh, and I know that's not the only scenario. You got people that had children out of wedlock, then they get married. And so I, so I understand that. But with that being said, uh, what I want to submit to you uh, and then check this against, uh, you know, maybe a blended family community um, to, to see if it really will help. But in my experience with those that I have uh, talked to that are in blended families, um, we have to create the new normal in the new family unit. If you have an older daughter that's from a previous relationship, she's seen a different way of relational dynamic. Whether it was in the home before you got divorced whether it's post-divorce and she's in between places. Now she's in a new environment with a new authority figure being the stepdad. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to figure that out. And when she comes back to your domicile, there's like a big imbroglio every single time. It's a big juicy word that just means drama and hostility. Um, uh, and, and you're trying to figure out how do, how do I how am I supposed to navigate this? I've prayed about it. I've done all this kind of stuff. What I'm going to submit to you is that you and your husband sit down with your daughter and minimum three, maximum five 
steps practically to how we are going to be in this house together. It's good. Now, why is my voice coming down? Because this needs to be a very, very calm conversation. Yeah, it's good. You don't need to do it around any flare-ups emotionally. It does not need to be done around uh, a, a, a recent episode. Don't make it about the behavior. Make it about how you want everybody to win. Within this conversation, your daughter needs time to be able to express. You need to set up a very safe space. And you may need a third party to do this. You may need a family counselor or whatever if you don't think you can do it um, with just uh, you and your husband. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Get all the help you need, right? Because when it comes to our kids, we got to gang up on them. It takes a village, okay? Um, even if you can bring another blended couple in and, and their kids, it depends on your, your scenario. What I'm saying, though, is... Your daughter needs an opportunity to put into words, not just actions and behaviors. She needs to put, be able to put into words, this is why I'm acting out like this. Mm -hmm. And you need to be able to let her say whatever she wants to, even if it hurts your feelings or yep. your husband's feelings. I can't stand this man. I, w I wish she was back to, back with daddy. Uh, I don't even like living over here. I like being in... Uh, Whatever she says, the way you will maneuver out of being offended with her is to remain curious. Even if you have to take notes on what her say, on what she says, do not interrupt her. Do not defend yourself. There's nothing to defend. Let the girl talk. <laughs> Let her get it all out. I don't care if she repeats herself for 35 minutes. Let her get it. And be curious enough to just say, what made you feel this way? You thought I was ignoring you? Be curious about all, I'm telling you, if you let that girl talk. So good. And you don't interrupt her. She's not even trying to disrespect you. She is just young and she can only tell you the way she can tell you at this age. Now, remember, you are the adult. Your husband's the adult. Y'all got years on her. Let her say what she needs to say the way she needs to say it and prayerfully respond and engage in a way that allows her to understand that all we're trying to do is establish a new normal and a safe environment here. And here's how we are going to be in this house. And if this is something that you cannot interact with it, I think she said she is of age where she can chunk deuces now, I think. And she said she was 18 or 19 years old? I don't remember. We'd have to play it back. Okay, no worries. I'm submitting that to you. I hope it helps. I love you, and, I, and we'll be praying for you. Well, Actually, let's pray now. Yeah. So, Jesus, thank you so much uh, for my sister, your daughter. I thank you for this blended family. I thank you for the relational dynamic. And, God, none of this is a surprise to you. Uh, I pray that you would take um, our emotions the strong emotions that we feel uh, in this uh, relational dynamic and that you would be the God of all peace, peace that passes all understanding, that guards our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <sighs> it feels good. Dude. Yep. Love you, Shana. We love you. 
All right, we got uh, Aaron Munoz. Munoz. You're born on a stage. Maybe you're a pastor's kid. You're born on a stage. Maybe not literally, because that would be a little odd. The spotlight's on you. People are watching your every stumble, your every misstep. They celebrate your triumphs. Yes, of course. But they also what witness is the tears. I think this guy, like, cut up a whole video, added a background instrumental, and th this was his mission. Are you serious? I mean, we, I'm, I'm curious to keep listening, though. Oh. It's only 60 seconds. Oh, well, we'll, we'll play it back this from guy, the beginning. He put in some work. <laughs> You're a pastor's kid. You're born on a stage. Maybe not literally, because that would be a little odd. The spotlight's on you. People are watching your every stumble, your every misstep. They celebrate your triumphs. Yes, of course. But they also witness the tears, the tantrums, and the trials. One of the things that I've been passionate about is making sure PKs know that their story is unique. And some of them have walked away from the faith just because of things they've been through, things they've experienced, things that they've seen, uh, things that they've been told. Um, and a lot of the time, it's there's a lot of negative that comes from it. And... Um, I think there's a lot of us out there um, that need to know that they're God's kids and that um, they're still loved and that what they've been through isn't for naught. And they just need a reminder, I think, of love. Let me know. You're a pastor's kid. Wow. I mean, that's an instrumental behind the whole voice. Homeboy did. Wow, that's beautiful. He made a video. What's the man's name again? Aaron Munoz. All right, so Aaron, I'm a PK, and um, I don't believe I had the experience you had, um, but I can hear your your the compassion. You've been moved with compassion um, for the hearts of those that have grown up in houses that have dedicated their lives to serving people. And uh, to your point, you are absolutely right. Um those people who have uh, those children of leaders, they're, they're under a spotlight. For better or for worse, they're under a spotlight. Um, but I'm going to say something, and I don't know if I'm throwing a grenade or not. But I think the parents can exasperate this for their children. The PK, the preacher's kid, can actually have their parent exasperate the experience they're having by trying to make them live up to the expectations that the congregation has of the preacher's kid. I want to be very, very clear. If you have been through that, I feel deeply, deeply Sorry for you. And I'm so great. I'm so heartbroken that you've had to walk through something like that. Um, because you're, you're asked to learn how to fake it at a very early age. And then we wonder why there's hypocrisy in the church. And, and hypocrisy is a strong word, but it essentially just means you're, you're actually acting as someone that you are not. That's what a hypocrite is. I'm acting as someone that I am not. And when you learn that at a young age and 
and and the parents are actually kind of nudging you into that direction that can be very very difficult i mean imagine i mean you're you're imagine being 12 13 14 15 16 years old and your parents are mega pastors of a mega church and you're just like i'm just trying to i'm not even i don't even know if i believe what my parents believe and now i gotta walk around like the the, the model role model and citizen like that's <laughs> i don't want to do that nate yeah. come here real quick can you let him sit yeah, yeah. where you're sitting or if you're flexible, you can just hop over here. Yep. Squeeze can you squeeze in. through there? That might be the best. She could. Uh, My guy. And then your face is right there, so you might want to squeeze a little more over here. All right. There you All go. right, homie. Thank you so much. I, I won't keep you long. I just want to ask you a question mm -hmm. because I want to know your thoughts on this, right? Mm -hmm. So the question that somebody asked was, uh, there's, a, there's a person that, that was really talking about, like, you, you know, preacher's kids need to know that they're seen and heard and valued and that they're doing that you know they're not alone and 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 sometimes they're 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 um they're scrutinized more as kids because it's like well you're the pastor's son or daughter and so you better be living right or you better be doing everything right and i told them one of the things i said to this particular person his name is aaron was um i think the parents can exasperate that for their kids, right? Like, like they can actually frustrate their kids because their parents can be like, you need to act right. I'm the pastor. And so you better be acting right when you get to church because I don't want nobody saying nothing. Da, 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 da. So I just wanted to know from you in the seven years that daddy was a pastor, mm -hmm. did you ever feel that type of pressure? Uh, I wouldn't say really. Okay. I wouldn't say that I had that personally. Yeah. I would say that, there was that I've heard expectations from some people. Okay. That I was supposed to act like this, but I really didn't take it to heart because I'm like, to be honest, at the end of the day, you're not really my parent. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, not even trying to be like disrespectful in any way, but like, I can't really listen to you fully unless you're like an immediate family member. Got you. Other than that, then I mean, I'll take suggestions <laughs> and I'll remember it, <laughs> but it's not, it's not going to be like, Sir, yes, sir, I got you. Right, right, right. But I wouldn't say that I had that. Mm -hmm. I would just say it's just mainly I would just go in there, just not causing trouble. I would just act right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's why uh, when I usually just go to church, people always think I'm antisocial, even mm -hmm. though um an extrovert. Mm -hmm. I just don't talk a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At church specifically. Right, for sure. But yeah, that that's really it. it so did you, did you ever, was your... Did you ever feel that from me or mommy? I don't think so. Okay. Not that I remember not recently, mm -hmm. not so far, but yeah. in general, I'm pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, I appreciate you, buddy. No yeah, because I, I because I could sit here mm -hmm. and try to say, yeah, I'm this dad and blah blah blah, but I wanted to hear your experience, and I appreciate you mm -hmm. just breaking away just to answer that because if you did feel that then i would want to apologize to you and be like yeah. no baby but i i can't remember ever like sitting you or knowing down and being like when we get to church 
you better act like this because I'm the pastor of this church and you better not embarrass me and you better not be walking around. Yeah, no. It, yeah, there was none of that. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure, bro. I just wanted to yeah, make I'm sure. Yeah, I'm positive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to let y'all, I want to let you know that. Yeah, I'm, and, I, and, and you have, and that's a beautiful thing to hear you say because you have permission mm-hmm. to let it, we've always told you, whatever you got to tell us, you can tell us. Yeah. So, Okay. Thank you, bro. No problem. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't capping. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. That I wasn't out here in these in these basement streets telling people stuff, and you over in the corner like, I don't know what that fool talking about. He he lying to y'all. He lying to y'all. So just in the corner like, mm. <laughs> just in the corner like, oh wow, can't wait to tell him this when this taping is over. <laughs> no, okay. Thank you, baby. No problem. I appreciate no problem. you. All right. Thank you, man. I love you. All right. So. Um, so that's that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Oh, so, uh, I, I want to address this because it, inevitably somebody asks every time it happens, I do kiss my boys on the lips. Okay. And I'm not going to stop. And they already know it. And. So Tom, <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady does it. <laughs> that's right. Tom Brady does do it, baby. So I told my boys they're gonna be they're gonna be tall. Nathan's gonna be way taller than me. They're gonna be grown with beards, and I'm still gonna kiss them on the lips. And if that if that makes you uncomfortable, just look away, man. These are don't let society turn y'all into some crazy people. This these are my boys, man. Stop playing. Don't be weird. <laughs> don't be weird. Right. <laughs> just don't be weird. Don't be weird, man. Oh my goodness, people begin people begin disturbed, man. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, don't do that. We live in a society that they might take it wrong. These are my sons. I'm not Michael Jackson in the, in the bed with Macaulay Culkin. Stop playing. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. You're a vegetable. <laughs> You're a vegetable. You're a vegetable. Vegetable. Let's hit it. We are writing in from New Mexico. We have previously written into the basement and have been avid watchers since the very beginning. Um, One of our questions is, what does God's word say when your military service requirement requires you to kill people? My husband is currently serving and has for the past eight years as a drone co-pilot where he is required to, um, in order to secure the nation, take lives in foreign countries. He has been morally and spiritually conflicted about what God will have to say when he has to face him um, in the end and, you know, whether or not um, that's something that he should continue to do um, or see if there is a way out. If you could, please answer this question. We look forward to your guidance and what the word and God would have to say about this. And she did, uh, uh, this person did ask or, or add on the text and for context, this person is technically a sensor operator. He is in charge of locating the target, pressing the button, releasing missiles. Many times those targets have collateral damage, such as children and families. And he's been living with this inner conflict for some time. Yeah, absolutely. Whew, this one's tough. This one's very, very tough. And it's so tough that I'm going to ask you to um, follow up with this person. And set up a time that I can talk to them on Zoom. Got it. This is not something that I will mm-hmm. talk about on a pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too sensitive. 
Uh, this is why I want to answer the question offline. Mm-hmm. I love what you said, though. So just just in case um, somebody did not hear what my boy uh, Brian said, uh, he I, I'm gonna synthesize. There is a difference between um, uh, "thou shalt not kill" and a time to "thou shalt not kill" in, in in the Ten Commandments and a time to kill mm-hmm. in the Book of Ecclesiastes, and um, there's obviously a different uh, delineation between a, uh, uh, the the killing of someone in defense of one's person or and or a nation and homicide, <laughs> murder, manslaughter, all of these type of deals. Um, I have uh, people who have served in the military that have had to take people's lives. Okay, and. Uh, I know the the what weighs on their conscience as believers afterwards when they're out on their assignment, they're doing their duty. And when real bullets are flying at you or at people that you love, there is a strong sense of obligation and duty afterwards. That's where all the emotions flood in. And the the lament comes in and regret and nightmares and PTSD and all types of stuff. I want to I want to be able to talk to this person. Right. Because um, this is not the type of question that you want to give a blanket answer to. (laughs) I want to talk to this person. This is a very sensitive issue. And the bravery to even broach it uh, means that it's something that is really, really a big thing that they need resolved or an answer to. I may not even have the answer, but I do believe I have some guidance that I would like to share with this person. That's good. Oh, dude. <laughs> and I'm going to leave that private because I just think that's the. No, no, no. That's that's beautiful. I love what you said, though. That, that That's very, very helpful. So with, that's that. with such a specific question like that, yeah, we don't want to give a blanket statement. No, I don't. So no, not on that. Good to keep going. Oh, absolutely. For sure. I like this flow. Me too. This flow is dope. Uh, we got Warren Willis. Warren Willis. Open the DMs. All right. So um, first of all, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your obedience, for your continued obedience. I've been part of the basement for a really long time now, almost a year. Almost a year. I know y'all are almost a year old, so I really found y'all when y'all popped out. Um, and y'all found me when I needed you. You know what I'm saying? Um, I really do appreciate the ministry and everything. Question is, um, I'm I'm healing. I'm healing from being in the broken spot of playing the narcissist. Um, and as I get these keys to life, it's very hard not to look at other people's situations and still want to play hero. Because I think that's what a lot of, like, a narcissist, like, that's, you want to be the hero. You want to paint yourself to be the hero and be the broken one and give yourself a right to hurt. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, so how do you manage having the keys and not playing the hero? Like, how would, like, what what would you say would be, like, practice to, to not do that? <laughs> Thank you. Warren is a G, bro. I like this guy. <laughs> Absolutely. This dude is saying he was the narcissist? Dude. Oh, I love you, Warren. The self-awareness is why we're here. You are safe down here in the basement. Woohoo! 
A recovering narcissist. I love it. So you know you have the keys. And you know you love playing the hero. And you have to take off your Superman suit. And you have to make a decision to be Clark Kent for the rest of your life. And instead of flying around, breaking buildings, and stopping locomotives, and going faster than a speeding bullet, and leaping over tall buildings in a single bound, you're going to walk around in your suit with your glasses on and that squiggly piece of hair down the middle of your forehead, and you're going to take all the stairs down to the lobby, and you ain't going to fly out of there, and you're not going to even wear your suit underneath your, your, you're not going to wear your, 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 your costume underneath your suit. You're just going to put on your suit and you are going to force yourself to be a regular person. You cannot save everybody. And you are going to stop helping people that have not asked for it. You are going to stop giving opinions to people that did not ask for it. You are going to stop using your charisma, influence, and power to keep people dependent on you. You are going to let some people go. Mm. And I promise you, you're going to be so free, but it's going to hurt. I promise you it's going to hurt you. Because nobody... Volunteers to be a narcissist. Mm. Narcissism comes from deep personal neglect and or ne- abuse. Something happened in your life, Warren, where you had to, you, at the at the aging stage where narcissism should have been coming out of you in your adolescence, you had to hold on to that thought of, I am the only person that will take care of me. Therefore, I must think about myself first or else nobody, nobody's going to be here for me. Mm -hmm. Whatever caused that for you, I'm I'm so I'm so uh, uh, sorry that that you have to you had to navigate that. But as an adult, you becoming aware that, you know what, my my narcissistic tendencies have put me in this position. You are now going to take off your Superman suit, which means you may have to watch some people die relationally wow you may have to watch some car wrecks emotionally you may have to cry because you watch somebody wreck their life spiritually and you could have helped them and you could have controlled that situation but you are no longer holding on to other people's lives with a white knuckled grip you're going to live with your hands open not closed and anything God puts in your hand you're going to hold it with your hands open not closed because if you hold it with your hands open that means God can put something there and if you keep your hands open that means you're giving him permission to take it out whenever he wants but if you close your fist up you may end up in a tug of war with God. And we already know who wins that. 
So I commend you for the self-awareness. And my biggest admonition to you is take off the suit. There's no one else to save. That's good. All right, we got uh, Jill. Topic for the basement. Let's talk about the wife who is currently serving as the spiritual leader of the household. The wife who has the discernment to realize that her husband needs the mind renewal transformation, the heart transformation, and the revelation that comes from Jesus Christ alone. Let's talk about the wife who discerns these things, who knows that her husband is called to be the spiritual leader, but she is currently serving in that role. And in this tension that it may bring in marriage, she is choosing to remain patient, to striving to be a Proverbs 31 wife, and trust in the Lord. Let's talk about that on the next episode of The Basement. (laughs) (laughs) A little little outro. It's a little outro. Yo, you could do voiceovers for The Basement. So on the next episode, I guess we'll we'll talk about this. (laughs) What's her name again? Uh, Jill Jarvis. Jill, I love her voice. Let's talk about this. I'm not going to assume that you're that wife, Jill. But just in case you are, I heard you. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so... Let's talk about that wife. Proverbs 31. All right. The virtuous woman. Who can find a virtuous and capable? This is verse 10. Proverbs 31, starting at the 10th verse. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her. and She will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good not harm all the days of her life. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She is like a merchant's ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to inspect the field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise. She gives instruction with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Let, let, uh, I'm sorry, reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. If you are being the Proverbs 31 woman, and he is not being the husband talked about in Proverbs 31, there is a disconnect. If you are the one patiently waiting because through discernment you realize there is a breakthrough that needs to happen in this man's life, but he ain't ready 
for that breakthrough to happen. Ooh, this is about to hurt what I'm about to say. How much patience? How much time? You said you're patiently waiting. I hope you didn't put a timetable to it. Because you or whoever you were talking about may have to be the woman that does what Proverbs 31 says without the benefit of the man described in Proverbs 31. And if that's five years from now, will you still be there when that breakthrough happens? Or will you in exasperation give up? This is a very tense thing to talk about. Because we say we have patience and we say, you know what? I'm believing God that he's going to change the situation. But then we really have to step back and believe God to change the situation. And it may not happen when we want it to happen. But if we're saying we're believing God for it and we have the patience for it, then we have to just accept who this person is right now. Now I'm bringing this out of you and bringing it into the generalization of we can all be with a spouse that we want to change, knowing dang well we can't change them. And at that point, are we committed to the vows that we said? For better or for worse, for richer or for poor, and sickness and health to death do us part. Or was that only until you were inconvenienced? I'm making an assumption. We're not talking about illegality. We're not talking about immorality. We're just talking about a man that is not lining up to be the person, the spiritual leader of this house. And if he's not, are you going to be okay? If it takes a decade, are you going to be okay? If he never turns into that person, are you going to be okay? <laughs> Maybe he's great in other ways. Maybe he's worked hard and he's a provider, but he's not being that spiritual leader of the home. Yeah. What recourse do you have under those circumstances? That's not the question for me to answer. <laughs> That's the question for you to answer. And that's the tension that has to be held is you see the potential that's in this man. You have discernment and you know what needs to happen. But you know good and well you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And if he's not ready to do that work, then you need to be the person that does your work even if your spouse don't do theirs it's good Ooh, it's tight it's tight because you don't get it out the outs don't come that easy the outs don't come that easy marriages work 
Ooh! <laughs> it's work. And sometimes you got to do work even when the other spouse isn't. And I know that I know that thing seems unfair. Well, I've already been doing everything. And good God almighty, how long do I have to wait? And I've been trying. I've been. But how long? But how long? But how long? But how long? Isn't the Lord a long suffering? How long he wait for you? Everything ain't clean. I'm so sorry, y'all. Everything ain't clean. <laughs> Everything ain't just a clean line. You 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 got a husband that is not the spiritual leader of your home and 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 that's forced you to be the one. That's an inconvenience. I know it ain't grounds for divorce. It's ground for it's grounds for some frustration within the marriage. And I hope that that frustration comes to a head and there can be a healthy dialogue that that advances uh, uh, the relationship forward. But if not, there's some patience that has to be exerted and applied in these situations. The last thing I'll say is um, I would encourage marriage counseling. And the fact that the dance that you two are dancing is because one of you won't stop. If you're tired of this dance, stop dancing. And he will notice that he no longer has a partner. Now, that's going to make for some uncomfortable tension in the home. But if you're really tired of this dance, then just stop dancing. Stop dancing does not mean the divorce. It just means this version of this marriage is something that I will no longer contribute to. And I would like to see some change. I'm not doing the waltz anymore. I'm going to be crumping from now on. I hope you join me. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Last one, because this is like our first solo dolo two-hour pod. It, this was too good, though, man. Oh, it's it so good. good. And I, I really like this format because it, it just directly engages with the dwellers. Oh, dude, I love it. It's the closest thing next to like a live chat. It uh, is. Or a live stream, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is great, bro. Dude, I'm, I'm loving it. All right, so last one. Last one. Uh, anonymous. Okay. Dear God bless you. Hope you're doing well. I saw your post about the pod um, for the basement, and I just wanted to send in a topic that I found very curious, and I have a lot of girls that come to me for advice, and I'd love to see a man's perspective on this. Um, if my name could be anonymous, I'd really appreciate it. The topic is the following. Learning that when you are in a relationship with someone, whether it's boyfriend and girlfriend relationship, that there are boundaries that need to be set for people of the opposite sex. There are things that you should just no longer do or conversations that should not be entertained out of respect for your significant other. I think that in this day and age, um, there's a lot of like micro, they are called micro infidelities um, that I think that, you know, guys or girls kind of look over just because nobody can see that they're happening until they're seen. Um, so that's kind of the topic that I wanted to send in. And I hope that, you know, this blesses someone if you guys end up choosing it uh, for a topic to be spoken. Thanks and God bless you. Yep. Yep. So, oh, that's so good. <laughs> let me, uh, let me see if I can pull. Uh, uh. So this is this is um this is Psalm one oh one verse number six. The, these two words just came to me. Um 
just they're screaming loud based on this question that's being asked. So Psalm 101 and verse number six, I will search for faithful people to be my commit. I will search for faith. I don't even need to use this Bible, but I just I wanted you to at least have the address. Psalms 101 and six says this. I will search for faithful people to be my companions. Only those that are above reproach will be allowed to serve me. If you get into a dating relationship with an individual and or you wind up engaging this individual and you wind up married, because I think it goes across the spectrum, whether you're boyfriend and girlfriend, you're engaged or you're married, which if you're dating as a believer, it should be for. It should you should be thinking, is this a suitable mate that's going to lead to marriage? If you're serial dating as a believer, I don't know what you're doing. That's a waste of time. I, I'll just be single and riding a mountain bike in, in freaking Scottsdale or something. But I'm, oh, I think I'll die in Scottsdale. I need to pick a cooler place, maybe Denver. Um, <laughs> but, but the reason why I wanted to read that is because if you got if you got a boyfriend and girlfriend, okay, what's the new boundary now in your other relationships with the opposite sex? Uh, anything that would not be above reproach, I'm not doing. Well, define that. Well, I don't think I should be DMing other girls if I'm dating you. Well, these are just my homegirls. Okay. Put a thread in there. Above reproach. Above reproach. Not on the line of reproach. Above reproach. If this is a girl and she's truly your sister in Christ, well, then do a text thread with the three of y'all. Uh, uh, Juliet has a friend named Joy Joy was on the pod And I love Joy She's dope And Anytime I reach out to Joy Joy used to do my hair Joy's married to my homeboy Vincent Anytime I reach out to her It's done in a text thread With me, Juliet, and her That's above Reproach I'm not texting Joy one-on-one it's always a text thread so if i want to be above reproach if i want if i want to be faithful as a companion and i want to be above reproach i'm always looking for the ways that are going to honor both god my wife and leave me a thousand feet above reproach where nobody can even have the speculation of what did tim what was tim doing with that you know what i'm saying so I do have God sisters. Juliet knows who all of them are. And when I text them, I always text them at an appropriate hour. And I, I know if they're in a relationship or they're single, blah, 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 blah. I do not believe in this, this uh, uh, male, 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 female, female deal. I don't, I'm, I'm a married man. I don't have any female friends. Well, well your life sucks. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You don't have any female friends that's man that is crazy i'm a woman i don't have any male friends only have female friends only male friend i have is my husband dang you don't have a brother you don't have any spiritual brothers you man that's crazy and now look if you need that because you're so horny and your penis is so wild that at the very at the very uh, mention of another woman or close proximity with her, your peen's like, mm, I love the Lord, but oh, this erection. 
keeps going towards Sheila. <laughs> Maybe you need to go to therapy. <laughs> but I have I have guy sisters that have literally spent the night at our house with my wife here. I'm not attracted to them. They're my sisters and ew. Ugh. Stop it. The thought. Ugh. Let's stop acting like every man and woman in a room is now just a penis in a vagina and there's no way they won't come together in more ways than one so i just I, i'm just like above reproach is a big deal and if you are let me look right in this camera and say if you are dating somebody establish the type of boundaries that honor both god and the person you are dating and if the person has a discomfort with something you are doing, before you get defensive, become curious as to why it pissed you off. I don't understand. You don't trust me? Well, well if your response is that, hell no, I don't. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to protect team us. And you seem to have a problem with the way that I want to protect team us. Well, you just be tripping. You, you just jealous because your last boyfriend uh, cheated on you. And now you think I'm going to cheat on you. And if that's the case, homeboy, then don't you think the way to not allow your girlfriend to have PTSD is to not trigger something in her by exhibiting the same behavior? You are going to totally dismiss the experience she had in her last relationship, but you think she's bad enough, fine enough, whatever word you want to use, for you to get with, and you're going to tell her, get over the past. I'm not doing that, but you actually making her flinch because you're exhibiting the same behavior. If you, wanna, if you ain't a dog, don't rough. How about that? If you ain't one, prove it. If you ain't like the other dudes, prove it. Give it a passcode to the to the phone, if that ain't you. <laughs> but don't start swiping the phone, <sighs> babe. I don't understand. Psh, I ain't doing that. Like, I ain't the last dude, so I don't understand what you. Then give it the phone then. Do a do do. do oh, but it, it's uh, only have Face ID on my phone. No, no, no. If the Face ID don't work, it goes to the it goes to the digits. Well, I have a ten digit code, and sometimes I don't even remember. Shut up! Shut up! Now, I be going hard on these dudes, so let me go hard on these dudes. Stop playing with these women's emotions now. Some of some of these some some of these women that you thought was fine enough for you to pursue, and now that you're happy to be in a relationship, they have been hurt by men in the past. Some of them have been hurt by women, depending on who you get. Now you either gonna play kinsman redeemer. Or you are you gonna play kinsman schemer? It's up to you. Be Boaz or don't. But Boaz inherited a woman who had already been married and divorced and went through a complete recession and a famine. She was gleaning in his field. 
and was sleeping at the edge of his bed. And he said, I volunteer to take this woman. With all her baggage. Now, if you don't want to play, if you ain't up for the task, because you fell in love with that booty. But you didn't know that booty brought baggage. That wasn't the only thing she had on the back. You a breast man. She's double D'd up. You want all of that. But don't want to deal with the fact that she was in a relationship for seven years and was really broken by it. And you exhibit some of the behaviors that 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 trigger her insecurities. And instead of you saying, let me know what I have to do to not trigger that. You want to say, girl, you better get over that. I'm not the same dude. Then stop acting like. Mm. Telling you, these dudes want these fine girls. These fine girls ain't been sitting in a glass box waiting on you, fam. They got a body kite just like you do. Stop playing. Oh, no, I mean, she been with like six dudes. Nigga, you been with 19 <laughs> girls and one dude in college. Y'all ain't, don't play with me. Yeah, we got to stop now. Cause <laughs> Let us know where you want us to do a pop-up. <laughs> <laughs> Master of transition. Let me lead the next conference. <laughs> I'll, I'll MC. Oh my gosh. I hope I answered that question. You did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just really think we got to live above reproach. And we, we got to stop acting like people don't have a past. And if we're not sensitive to the people's past, listen, my, 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 my wife is a pro- product of a divorce home. Okay. That's no secret. Okay. And, and stepping into the marriage, I had to make sure I did certain things to ensure that she wasn't triggered by the stuff she saw saw in her home. She wasn't asking a lot of me. (laughs) Just don't be this. I don't want to repeat this behavior. And so to live above reproach means there are certain things that I will do and do not do in the presence of some young ladies especially people that we don't mutually know. And there's other things that we both feel comfortable about because we've discussed it, and that's free game. But it, was, it became something that is on the table. Why? Because we mutually agreed to it. Not because I'm like, girl, stop tripping, get over it. This is just me. You know, I hug everybody. If my wife wasn't okay with hugs, me hugging men and women, then I would start doing handshakes. But she all right. Because she already know I don't want nobody else. And again, I go back to attraction. If there is somebody I want, I bet you I ain't hugging them. <laughs> so, I hope that helps. This was a lot of fun. I hope this has been good for y'all. <laughs> the solo dolo is two hours, 12 minutes. It's a record. 55 seconds. It's the longest one. Huh? It's a record for a solo. Is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, two hours. Yeah, normally. Oh, for we, sure. Normally, we would anything under an hour and a half. Hey, man, I don't know whoever came up with the. Just to hear those voices Precious. and not yeah. just read it. Oh, it's so good. Hey, I love all of y'all. To everybody that that we got to, I, I hope what I've said has helped. Again, y'all know I'm, I'm just me. And so I hope I've helped or I've submitted to a, something that could spark you getting the help that you need. Um, I love you guys so much. And uh, I'm just so grateful that, that people think this space is safe enough. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To even like put their voice on, oh, yeah. even if they want to be left anonymous or 
whatever it's like hey i the basement is a place where we get to like share what's going on so thank you for the gift of your vulnerability thank you for putting yourself out there to let us know whether you wanted us to to know who you were mm-hmm. or you were anonymous thank you for your bravery mm-hmm. i commend you i love you guys so much and until next time peace We just thought to take a little time out to thank the Lord.